high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the Edmonton Oilers are 11-3-0 in their last 14 and a playoff spot at high noon, December 13th. Jesus, Mary and Joseph were riding Gravity Max and it's out of control. And I forgot we were doing smoke on the water out of the op. I was going to say, there. correct me if I'm wrong, well, but I had smoke on the water all lined know, up ready for you. You requested it specifically. Old people of today don't listen and they don't learn. And you are my producer. So just live with it, pal. That's okay. We can get it coming out of the next break. Okay, that'd be beautiful. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get up to four grand in Christmas cash. Ouch! Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. I don't know why I said ouch. It was a choice. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger, Mr. Smoke on the water. I wanted to play that song because the owners are smoking. What movie is that from? Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. No. Ah. It's the one with Jim Carrey. Smoking. Oh, that part. I yeah. thought you were talking about the song, and I was just waffling, smoking. That, uh, was that Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? Made a, made a bend, yeah. Sounds like something. Is that the one that. where he goes to the bathroom and goes, do not go in there? <laughs> yeah, it is. at the yeah. big classy party. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was all good. Okay. Our guest today, Ryan Holt, Bakersfield Condors play-by-play guy, and the man who always takes a photograph of his road food at a restaurant, and it's always delicious, and then he sends it out. And we... We can enjoy that because he's good at it. He's a very good photographer, uh, and he often orders delicious food. America, their portions are just smoking. Don't you think? Like when you go to the States, I haven't been there in a while, but when you go there and you say, I'll have like the breakfast special with bacon and eggs, and you get like bacon, sausages, eggs, 16 pieces of toast, uh, hash browns, uh, 700 pounds of jam and peanut butter and something else. It's just amazing what they do down there. Not that our friends in Canada who run restaurants are, are you know, in any way cheap. It's just that there's a lot. Too much, really. You could order one for two if you wanted to. I digress. Bruce McCurdy will join us from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Good guy. Great, great memory. And he has a really interesting take on things. I'm looking forward to seeing what he says about last night's game and these orders in general. The orders are playing so well right now. In team history, that's 44 seasons for you kids out there. There have been 16 seasons, well less than half, when the team has had an average or better than average goals against average, if you get my drift. Every Stanley Cup season, 2005-06, and all of McDavid's playoff seasons, they've been at least a little better than average in the GA department. So... What does that tell you? Right now, today, this season, they're exactly average. They're giving up an average number of goals. This is all via hockey reference. So in 81, 82, 83, 84, 84, 85, 85, 86, 86, 87, 87, 88, 89, 90, 90, 91, they were all a little better than par. Then it waits a decade to get to 2001-02, and our friend Craig McTavish, 03, 04, 05, 06, Mac T, smoking in those years. 
And then 12-13 with Ralph Mouth Kruger. They're back to it. 16-17 with uh, Todd McClellan. 20-21, 21-22, and 22-23. And this season, exactly average. Oilers are playing sound defensively. They have calm feet. Ken Holland's trade for... I know that people don't want to say anything good about Ken Holland. You know, it's funny about Oilers fans and some media. When when the the general manager is in place, everything's fine. A great guy. And then when he's in the final year, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, do we say something good? Ken Holland's absolute trade for Matias Ekholm was very good. And the coaching change, and I don't know if that's Ken Holland or not. I suspect it might be at least a little bit Jeff Jackson. That has worked. And it appears to have unlocked the defensive side of the team. They're all playing really responsibly. You, you talk about hauling ass. Those forwards are, are moving when they come back. And it makes it so much easier. And when the puck is turned over, they're presenting outlet opportunities for the defenseman. Everything is better. And I, I, I know people are, they text me and they're tired of saying good things about Paul Coffey. I don't know who did it. But Paul Coffey with the puck on his stick was kind of brilliant. And the Edmonton Oilers are much improved. Even the guys who you don't expect to be improved, like Vincent DeHarnay or Cody Ceci. They're taking a minute. They're counting that 1,001, 1,002. They're taking that deep breath, the one that Declan takes before he reads the sports update. It's all coming together. By the way, you are really good at the sports updates. I don't tell you that, but you're really good at it. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Well, it's not good for me. I'm going to have to start, like, I'm going to get a water pistol and start spraying you while you're doing it so to, so you aren't quite as good. I would, I would power right through it. Consummate pro. It might. I might even be better in the face of adversity. You say that now. Maybe I'll put a little bit of, I don't know, maybe vinegar or some kind of, you know, Something. Yeah, if there's bleach in there, forget it. Well, I wouldn't do bleach. I don't want to hurt you long term. Yeah, you might. Well, can the Oilers sustain it? That's my question today. They're playing really sound hockey. And, you know, Chicago, what a shot by Bedard. What the hell was that? I felt like Frank Costanza watching the day. What the hell was that? That puck goes in, and I'm like, well, I can't fault the goaltender. It came from a different angle than any of us expected it to come from that's a hell of a shot by a great young player i worry about him though everybody's talking like he's going to be an all-timer and i worry about his size and his foot speed i know he's got the hands and i know he can shoot the puck and i know he's going to score a ton but this used to happen with everybody who came after or and a little bit after gretzky but there was really nobody like gretzky but like brad park would come up or Dennis Potvan would come up, you know, well, this is the next door. And then they wouldn't turn out to be the next door. And then you'd have to say, well, they're not really the next door. They're more like the next Doug Harvey or Tim Horton or, or whomever, whoever your favorite defenseman was, Red Kelly. Well, I think Connor Bedard is going to have a great career. I just don't know if he's going to reach the, the, the top of the top the way Connor McDavid has. That's a lot to ask of a young player. I would, did enjoy the game, though. Would you be shocked if I if I told you I predict him to win the uh, Rocket Richard in two to three years? No, no, okay. I, I don't. I, I think he could do that for sure. Often in NHL careers, the early part of a career is when you peak scoring-wise. Now, McDavid is a freak in a lot of ways. Even Kulak had an awesome game. That third pairing, uh, you know, I encourage you to watch. I, I understand they had some problems early. But Vincent DeHarnay's calm feet and calm demeanor and calm handling of the puck has really helped that pairing. And 
I, I don't, you know, it's funny because you always say, well, don't pinch, don't take a chance. But it's not really that. It's when, you know, it's that damn gambler song by Kenny Rogers again. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And this team seems to have that going on right now. You two behave. Wait a minute. We've been perfect. This is maybe the nicest we've ever been to each other to start a show. I think so. Yeah, we're doing well. I mean, I did say the thing about the water gun, but I was just teasing. No, and, and that's... I, and implying that I, I didn't want you to, you know, take my job and put me <laughs> in the old folks' home. That's small potatoes compared to where we're usually at in this point in the show. My impersonation of low tide impersonating Jim Carrey in the mass smokes expose. I didn't do that right. It's hard to do. Lotay, what are your thoughts on Brady Kachuk penalty shot? The goalie doesn't touch the puck and trips him. Well, yeah, but it's a hard, like, you're asking the referees to notice it. Like, if it happened again, they probably would. But was that Pytor Kleglechevinov who did it? It was, yes. Okay. Um, I want to call him so badly Bytor and the Snow Dog, which was a Rush song from when I was young. But I'm not going to because he has a right to have his name pronounced correctly by other people. I'll never get it. There's a wine called uh, Piet Dior, I believe. And uh, I would buy it all the time many years ago. And I called it something that I can't say on the radio. But it's very good wine. If you bought it before, I know you've thought of that word or that, that phrase. Biggest change in our coaching, especially Paul Coffey, who's a superstar with experience, unlike Manson. Well, hold on. Manson has lots of experience. Manson has lots of experience. Coffey has none. Paul Coffey might have the coolest name in hockey, though. Coffey? Why, yes, thank you. The movie is The Mask, not Ace Ventura. What? what why, why do we have you here? I mean... We- I make a mistake. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. And then you have to fix it. I, I, I don't think I confirmed beyond a shadow of a doubt it was Ace Ventura. I think I maybe suggested that. You mm. said, ooh, I think that's right. But yeah. I'll say, we got maybe more Texan correcting us that it was the mask than we have about anything else. Maybe ever. Well, all I know is that I ran into your car in the parking lot, and I'm it, not as upset as I was when I did it. Did you key it as well? No, I did, I did okay. that yesterday, though, so it might be new to you. That's what that was. Okay. Right. I don't think Bedard is as good as people say he is. I said it. It's extremely hot, and it's a take. But he just hasn't moved the dial for me. I'm the only one. Not saying he's in a good player at all, but to compare him to Crosby and McDavid, hmm, from AZ. Well, I think that's, I, I think that's where I'm going. I'm not, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't like, I don't like just painting players into a corner. You know, he may surprise us. He may get, like, he doesn't have man strength yet. He could get faster. But right now, I think that that he's a really good, really good young player. And I do think he could win a scoring championship in the next two or three years. I just don't know that he's going to be as impactful as Crosby or McDavid. That's a high, high bar. Boy, smoking is from the movie The Mask. Oh, man, Josh. Damn it. You got it wrong again, Declan. <laughs> Declan suggested Ace Ventura tied ran with it, tied at fault. No, I didn't know. And I trusted my my friend here, my cohort, my colleague, and he let me down. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Is Declan a teenager? No. 
Declan's mid-20s. And by the way, just so you know, even though I, I criticize him and find fault with things that aren't his fault, uh, he's way smarter than I am. And, like, that's just a fact. He's, he's, he's got the book learning, and he's also got a little bit of, uh, you know, experience. As a for instance, do you notice how little he's sharing about his life his past life now compared to earlier. Remember when he told us about the $700 sneakers and his mom looked like Jennifer Aniston and his first grade teacher, Mrs. Andrews, was really bad to him? He doesn't do that anymore. He stopped doing it. Why? Because we set him on fire when it happened. It's our own fault. We flew too close to the sun with this guy. Live and you learn. And also, that was a very kind sentiment. Not sure it's true, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Well, I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Low tide in Icarus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. So we've got two great guests today, two of my favorite people. I listen to Ryan Holt all the time on the, the Condors broadcast, and I love the, his photographs of food that he has. Really good. But I'm just not sure. I'm not sure that anybody, like ever, will be able to bring the large expanse of knowledge that Bruce McCurdy has. And, you know, even if he doesn't know, he can make it up, but you never know because he goes so far down the rabbit hole with his knowledge. You know, he'll say, well, John Beliveau played with Claude Provost and uh, Gilles Tremblay until one year Ivan Cornoyer was put on the line. And who's going to know that? Because it was like 1965. There's like 11 people who know that. And he's one of them. So you can't call him on it because McCurdy, even if he makes it up, it's su- such an obscure thing. You, you can't, you know, you can't even know. So that's where I'm at. I don't know why I impersonate Bruce. He's such a nice guy. But that's what I do. Low Tide, I don't think Connor Bedard's comparison is McDavid or Crosby. His comparison is Nathan McKinnon, still a good damn hockey player, tomato soup. Sure. I just don't know if he's that dynamic as a skater, and I don't think he has the size. I think Strudwick had it right in his podcast. 98 will be more along the lines of Patrick Kane, which is fitting for Chicago. Okay. Bedard Stamkos. I know Bob yesterday was mentioning Marcel Dion. Um... And Dion, I remember him as a rookie. I remember him as a young player, very good player. He his career actually, you know, I know everybody loved Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur played in Canada, uh, but Dion played in Detroit and then in Los Angeles. But he was an all time great player. There's no doubt about it. One of the true great players I've ever seen. Oilers are incredibly eleven three and zero right now in their last fourteen games. It is the story. On the way, we're going to talk to our friend. And a good man and a fantastic play-by-play guy, Ryan Holt, broadcaster PR digital for the Condors. We have NHL rumors later and then in the community with McCurdy at 1 o'clock. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, and the single biggest reason, I'm hard of hearing. Machine Head by Deep Purple. You talk about your headbanger music. Giddy up. The Lowdown is powered by Wolf GMC Buick, and we're delighted that you're joining us today. And delighted to be joined by our friend from all the way from Bakersfield, California. A good man and a fantastic guest. And we should have him on more often, but that's my fault. 
Uh, and Gregor keeps having him on. Every time I think to call him, he's already on with Gregor. But we've got him now uh, joining us from Bakersfield and the Condors play-by-play guy, Ryan Holt. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm great, Alan. How's everything up there? Good. Now, you did an early game. How hard is it for the bro- – I know the players, it must be very difficult, but how hard is it for the broadcaster to do a, ten? I think, 10.30 a.m. game play-by-play? Yeah, it's not hard, honestly. I'd like to, you know, maybe lie to you and say it is on my end. But, you know, we normally work uh, 8 to 5, and I'm usually in the office by 6, 6.30 anyways, uh, you know, even on non-game days. So, um, you know, it's it's no extra uh, work on my end. It actually is, you know, kind of refreshing on my end because uh, we get out by lunchtime. So it's actually pretty nice. But, um, yeah, from a player's standpoint, it's a little bit of a, you know, a wrench in the day, I guess, if you will. But it's their normal practice time, so... Uh, hopefully not too much of a wrench, and obviously great to have, you know, almost 9,000 kids here. I, I just hope it doesn't, you know, cut into your uh, photographing, uh, photographing food on the road. I saw that you got a meatball sub at uh, Meat and Bread, which looks really good, really, really good. How was it? This is, I've, I've now proclaimed it my favorite road spot uh, in Calgary. I forget what Av, by the way, in Calgary, like there's still like number avenues and then there's number streets and they all <laughs> coincide. And I never understood that. Like uh, I grew up in South Boston and letters went one way, numbers went the other way. So if we could fix that in Calgary, it would really help. Um, but anyways, but yeah, the, the, the meat and bread, uh, it's downtown. It's by the, uh, the, the tower there. Um, kind of near our hotel, uh, and it's it's fantastic. They probably do like five or six sandwiches, and it's literally meat and bread. Um, you know, there's a porchetta sandwich that's kind of number two for me, but uh, the meatball is definitely the number one. I love a guy from Boston <laughs> shouting out against another city. Boston is like, it's the spoked city, right? Like, it's sort of like a, a wheel. It's all kind of congregates in the middle oh, oh oh don't get me wrong boston's boston's grid makes no sense either however <laughs> at least you know what direction you're going in i'm on the corner it was i felt like kramer i'm on the corner of first and first i'm at the nexus of the universe here <laughs> all right so i have many condors questions beginning with this uh when they traded for uh got cam Deneen last year i thought okay puck mover based on what i'm reading and the numbers that he's put out and then they signed hoffenmeyer uh, and Gleason, and there's three guys that I'm kind of looking at and going, okay, I've got to be able to, over time, differentiate between these three guys, and I'm still having trouble. They all seem to be really good AHL defensemen and, you know, borderline NHL guys. It, it seems to me like they got three really good guys here over the summer in free agency and then a late-season trade last year. Yeah, and I think they've contributed, and I, I kind of tweeted yesterday, I think it's been the best defensive team um, in the Condors AHL era. I, I don't think that's understating. And I, I mean, that's even with the years of, you know, Caleb Jones and Nathan Bear and, and Brad Hunt early on, um, you know, lately with Evan Bouchard and now into this new kind of era of Condors hockey. And um, yeah, there's three solid, you know, I'll call them tweeners, I think. Um, Gleason, I think, is probably the more uh, rounded 200 foot style defenseman a guy who can skate, he's a one-man breakout. He's probably the, That's probably the reason why he's the first call-up, I guess, if you will, out of the three. Um, Cam is a leader. Uh, he's a guy who, um, you know, I think has been better defensively than I thought, even from the Tucson days uh, when we saw him a bunch. We kind of knew him from a, a power play and offensive standpoint, but he's had a nice defensive side to his game. And I think Hoffenmeyer, I think, has the, the best shot out of all three of them. And I think it's more the offensive side of things. But they've been great. They've paired well uh, you know, throughout the course of the season because you have the stay-at-home types with 
with the Kemp's and the Warners and the uh, Nemo Lyman's of the world. And then you add in kind of the ingredients of those three, and it makes for a, a pretty good back six, honestly. Uh, it's a tough decision back there each and every night as to, you know, who gets what. And, uh, you know, I don't envy the coaching staff in that aspect. But, um, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been great additions. Well, and I, the, the, for me, the guy to watch, I, I, I try not to because I want to see everybody on the ice, but I'm drawn to Warner because he's a rookie. And he stepped right in, and he, it seems to me, and you would know better than I because you, you call the game, but it seems to me Warner and Deneen, they get real minutes. Like, they're not a depth pairing at all. No, and I mean, minutes, I think, are, are more spread evenly, I think, on the back end than maybe you see in, in the NHL. Um, you know, but they are listed as our, our top pairing defense most often, um, you know, any night. And, and Warner, for, you know, for his credit, he's, you know, played you know top minutes on the penalty kill as well too he's taken on a pretty big role and, and has there been you know mistakes has there been hiccups certainly there has been but that's to be expected he's a 20 year old defenseman in the american hockey league and he's learning that he's been in big situations he's been in end of game type situations trying to hold down leads he's been on pk trying to hold down leads so i think it's big for him he's got a quiet confidence about him uh really impressed with with his first year early on and again we're we're not even a quarter of the way through our season. So uh, I think, you know, he's had a really good start to the year. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you, because fans want to hear about it, Ryan, and that's uh, Raphael Lavoie. He came up, he played six games, gets sent back down. Fans were upset that he got sent down. But this happens a lot where a player comes up, figures out what the league is like, and then he goes back down to work on a couple of things. How has he looked since he went back to Bakersfield? Yeah, he's been his same. Um, and I think we've we've been battling some injuries here and, he had been running a little bit with uh, with Brad Malone since he came back down, and then uh, Brad's been out of the lineup for the last uh, three or four games here. So, um, you know, I think, you know, for Raph, I think at this point it's about trying to find someone for him to, to be able to play to his skill set, um, you know, and, and trying to figure out where that is, whether it is a Peterson or whether it is a, a McKegg uh, up front, um, you know, but, but that needs to, you know, be adjusted. I think, you know, Raph, you know, has abilities to take over games. He's shown flashes of that in the second stint back. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he, he's, again, on the cusp of, of whatever the, the terminology we want to use, whether it's a tweener or on the cusp. I mean, he's right there. And, you know, you've got to get him scoring, though. I think that's his bread and butter. And, and I think that'll start coming. So uh, there's the other side of this, too. Xavier Bargo, I see him being, like, really good without the puck, and he's great on the forecheck. Offense, maybe not where you want it to be. Uh, Savoy, Tulio just coming back, and he's looked good. How are these young wingers doing? Are they separating themselves at all, or are they still kind of in that zone where they're still learning in the AHL? Yeah, I think Borgo had his best week this past week, uh, at least string, you know, two or three consistent games together. Tulio being back adds an element that, you know, this team needs, adds that, you know, kind of speed and, and forechecking ability. Um, you know, he had three assists in his opening three games, um, you know, being able just to impact games that way. Uh, and, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come because I think if you look at it, and, you know, Borgo's got three goals this year. Uh, Savoy just scored his first one over the weekend. It's still early in the season. I mean, we're, you know, 17, 18 games in here, but, you know, this next swath of games, uh, you know, to, uh, I'll say to the new year and then, you know, kind of into that first month of January, we're going to play a ton of games here. We're going to have, you know, three three-game weeks and, and two four-game weeks coming up here. So, um, you know, it's definitely going to be, you know, a, a time for, you know, guys like Borgo and, and Savoy and Tulio to really take that next step. And that's when they turned it on last year. Um, you know, Borgo had, you know, 13 goals last year, while six of them came in three games. So, 
Um, same thing with, with Tulio had the, the hat trick down in, in San Diego. That was part of his 13 goals. Savoy had a couple of big games and that was part of his eight goals. So um, I think all three of them being healthy is a positive first and foremost. And now they're being able to impact themselves uh, in the lineup here moving forward. So uh, organizations have to make moves or, or decisions that are sometimes for the, the greater good. Uh, and Olivier Rodrigue has been patient. He hasn't played a lot recently as Jack Campbell's uh, trying to get his game back together and then get back here. Calvin Pickard looked very good up here. Stuart Skinner has righted his game. And Rodrigue's numbers are, he has, doesn't qualify uh, because he hasn't played enough games in net, but he looks really good this year. Uh, how, do you see Rodrigue getting more games here in the in the near future, or do you think it'll still be Jack Campbell's net for the most part? I think so, and I think it's just going to have to be out of, you know, first and foremost necessity, right? We're going to have a lot of back-to-backs here coming up. We have a lot of Wednesday, Friday, Saturday type situations. So, um, you know, I think right now, I think just the schedule kind of worked out where, you know, we're only playing one game every five, six days here. That's going to change after um, basically this weekend. We play Saturday in Coachella Valley and then, you know, basically play three games a week for the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, all I mean, he, any situation he's been thrown in, he's been successful in. Um, you know, he was the, the COVID season back up to Stuart Skinner when he emerged and, and really took over the net. And then the second season, he was able to come in and really, you know, find his game with Calvin Pickard and, and being able to, you know, be a nice tandem with him, especially last year, two goaltenders in the, in the top nine and save percentage in the league. And they both qualified at that point. They were basically playing, um, you know, split minutes. Um, I think that was probably the plan going into the year. And obviously things have changed, um, but all he takes everything in stride, I think for him, um, you know, whenever he's called upon, he delivers a, a performance that gives the team a chance to win. He did so the other night. Um, you know, we just been a little snake bit offensively here the last two games, but, for Rodriguez, I mean, there's no rebounds. That's why there's no shots against Ollie Rodriguez because there's no rebounds, there's no scramble. Uh, everything is calm. Everything is, you know, set back there. And, you know, I think it's been a, a big boost for the organization. I think that Pickard got hurt last year when he did because it allowed maybe some eyes to open up and say, hey, you know, Rodriguez is a guy who can, you know, really toe the line here and, and be able to take, you know, the majority of the play. So, Obviously, things have changed this year. Um, we'll see what happens moving forward. But, you know, for Ollie, I think, you know, he he's a true pro. He's a kid who's grown up before our eyes, and he's done everything that's been asked of him for the last, you know, three, four years. Two more questions. The first one is, is uh, it seems to me as though the schedule is picking up here a little bit as we head towards Christmas and then after uh, going into the new year. It, it always feels to me like Bakersfield plays less than everybody. Is, is that true, or is it just my imagination? Uh, it's true this year. I wouldn't say it's every year. Um, so the, the one caveat to this season, uh, San Diego is playing more games out of the division than, than anybody. We only play four games out of the division out of our 72. So 68 of them are spent, you know, inside the division. Well, we have 10 teams in the division, so that's nine opponents, while San Diego is playing 24 games outside the division. So when they're outside the division, you know, that leaves one less opponent every weekend. And it's just the way it's worked out, honestly. Um, you know, I think we, you know, we, we typically have a lighter start to the season anyways, but this year just felt like it was much lighter, um, even across the league. Uh, I mean, we're still probably three or four games in hand on, on everybody. And, you know, at some places, six or seven games in hand. So uh, the schedule is definitely going to pick up. It's going to be, a you know, an NHL-style schedule here um, starting, you know, basically right after Christmas, you know, like I mentioned with the three-game weeks. Final one is, uh, I, I know that you mentioned it online yesterday, but you've seen a lot of players go through Bakersfield and called the games. 
It's nice to see Mike Kesselring have such success. I mean, obviously, Oilers fans would like it to be in Edmonton, but he, he looks like a part of that young Coyotes team that is doing well and he's having success. Good to see, right? Yeah, we take pride in that here in Bakersfield. You know, I know, it. you know, for, for guys to develop here in Bakersfield, you know, they might be, and Keith Gretzky's kind of talked about this, and he's, I think you mentioned it specifically with Michael Kesselring, is developed him so well here in Bakersfield that he was able to be a valuable piece to be moved for something that was valuable at the time to the Oilers. And whether that works out for Edmonton, whether that works out for the opposition, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's a great source of pride for us. Um, you know, Kess was a, a true pro here. And, yet, again, another late-round kind of pick that, you know, developed here in Bakersfield, a wiry, rangy type of you know, defenseman who joined us during the COVID season, didn't play many games, and then, you know, really blossomed here in Bakersfield. Um, you know, and I saw Jordan Osterley a, a couple of weeks ago up in Calgary. You know, we had him as a rookie, and now he's a man with a, you know, a wife and a kid, uh, you know, back in the American Hockey League, you know, 10 years after we saw him the first time. So, um, you know, guys like that, you know, we take great pride in. Um, we'll see probably Caleb Jones down the road or, or Ethan Bear. I mean, those are guys that, you know, we take pride in, whether they play for the Oilers or play for another team. Um, you know, it, it's a great success story. And, yeah, Kess is a, a great story and uh, wish him all the best. So um, keep taking those photographs of the road food, will you? Because I have to tell you, your photography is excellent, but it gives me something to look forward to. So I appreciate you doing that. I'll uh, I'll be sure to keep doing that. And, uh, you know, as long as I can make someone happy with them, I think I've done my job. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. Talk soon. Appreciate you. All right. Ryan Holt. Condor's play-by-play guy. Excellent play-by-play guy. Does an outstanding job. And it's an interesting team, too. There was a time when uh, they weren't quite as interesting, but they've got a lot of forwards now that are pushing, and some of these defensemen are not 20. Uh, Watner is, but the others are a little older. But they're worth watching. It's a a fun team. And Rodrigue makes it even more fun because I think he might be an NHL goalie. You never know, but I think he might be. Okay, going to give you the lineup now. NHL rumors on the way. Got a question out of the box about Jason Greger that was sent to us. And you are more than welcome to send us text anytime at, and we'll read them probably, one 401 This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, powered by Wolf GMC Buick. Oh, it's a good song. Very wise choice by you, young man. Thank you. I do what I can. Well, that song gets you going. It truly does. It's time for rumors. We do this every day. And we'll go with this first. This is from Thomas. LT, what's Gregor going on about with his cryptic hints? Uh, I looked at his Twitter machine, and I think he's saying, read my article. That's my guess. Um, he, He has a very interesting article up at the Oilers Nation. And he's saying, is it finally here? And then you click on the picture and it shows up. X slash Twitter is doing it a little differently now. There would be a title ordinarily. But I think that's it. He also mentioned uh, he found an old Oscar Clefbaum bobblehead statue thing. And um, I think he was joking. Kennedy Trash sent something out. Anyway, Gregor is pretty straightforward. Cryptic is not a word he often, you know, falls into. So I think that's it. Condors are almost in dead last. How can anyone claim a good D team? Well, if you watch them, they're very structured and they're very deep. 
often AHL teams have a bunch of AHL contracts. I think Alex Peters is the only one. They're a good team. They don't have a lot of offense when Raphael Lavoie isn't there. They need to find it. Uh, I I keep wondering when Lane Peterson will go back with Xavier Borgo. In the first four games of the year, Gagne, Peterson, and Borgo, I think they scored like seven or eight goals. And it's been quiet for Borgo since. But the orders of the orders are going to... They're going to develop their players as they see fit. And right now, Morgo is more in a, a checking role with Greg McKegg as his center. If he put, was with Lane Peterson, I'm absolutely certain he'd be scoring more. The Boston Bruins have placed Jacob Zaboral on waivers. And since he's, this is from uh, Chris Johnston at The Athletic and TSN. Considering Zaboral has been on assignment to AHL Providence since October 28th, Bruins likely made this move for the purpose of a contract termination. Zaboral, you might recall, was drafted number 13 overall in the 2015 draft, surprisingly, by the Boston Bruins because there was a hell of a lot of talent on on the board still. Jake DeBrusque, who went 14 to the Bruins, Matthew Barzal, who went to the Islanders with the 16th pick, originally belonging to the Edmonton Oilers. Kyle Connor was available. Joel Erickson-Eck, who rumor had it, was the player Edmonton would choose if if it got to them, and he's been excellent. Brock Besser was still available. Travis Konechny. Sebastian Aho. You know, I wanted to talk about that. So remember at the World Juniors where everybody was talking about Line A and Pugliarvi, the wingers, and they were just romping over everybody. And then... The draft comes, and they go very high. The autos get Pogliarvi. Line A goes to Winnipeg, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Line A starts off like hell won't have it. And Pogliarvi struggles, but he's young. And Ajo just sort of slides in the center on the line, drafted in the second round in 2015. And by fall 2016, he's in the NHL, scoring 49 points on 24 goals. And he's a point-to-game player, and he's a really good player, and he's doing great things, and here he is. He's been in the NHL since 2016. He is a really quality two-way guy. You could argue, I would, that he's the best player on their team. He's 26, prime of his career, full head of hair. And the other two, the wingers, are not that. What I've always wondered is, and they did it with Pogliarvi, but Pogliarvi wasn't right. I've always wondered why you wouldn't just, you know, Put Line A and Pugliarvi, because Line A, I, I mean, his, his contract will run out and then he's going to sign for less. And I wonder if they'd ever be interested in getting the band back together in Carolina. Something to ponder. Jacob Verona has cleared waivers. And I would just make an argument that a guy like that, who's, a, I think, 1.7, our friend Declan had figured, figured it out. And 1.7 million, he can score. If you need a goal scorer, maybe that's the guy. Maybe the Oilers feel like they don't. They certainly have enough goals. If they can play defense like they have recently. Can we stop with the Lavoie crush for crying out loud? Kajula, 12 points in 11 games. Griffith, 11 points in 15 games. Peterson, 10 points in 14 games. Lavoie, 10 points in 13 games. He's not it. Well, I mean, that's a that's a somewhat, you know, limited way of looking at things because you're you're sort of passing over what Lavoie does best. Raphael Lavoie has seven goals. Leads the team. 
Seven goals in Bakersfield in 13 games. And by the way, the second place guy, Cameron Wright. He signed to an AHL. I will make a prediction. I got ahead of myself. Let me do it again. I am going to make a prediction. Declan, can you write this down, please, on a, a large piece of full scap? Could you do that for me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Got it. You ready? I low tide. Remember the E. On the day of, on this day of our Lord, December thirteenth, twenty twenty three. Hereby predict, the Edmonton Oilers will sign Cameron Wright to an NHL contract by the end of summer, twenty twenty four. All salutations and greetings and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And send that out if you would. You want me to tweet this out? No, I oh. don't. I'm, I'm teasing. I was like, you send could Send probably... it to Jim Matheson's home address. Oh, I can definitely mail it to Maddie. <laughs> Jim Matheson would go, what in hell is this? Aha was a year older than those two, in fairness, from B. It's true, but his career has gone very well. You know, and I mean, I didn't think that was going to be the case. I, I thought I thought the orders were, like, fell ass over tea kettle into brilliance. Well, you're wrong, Low Tide. Give it up. Look, I'm still on Pouliot, who was drafted in 03. It'll take me at least till 25-25 to give up on Pouliarby. Dry side of line isn't cashing, and you'd hate to disturb the other three forward lines when they're rolling. Enter Jacob Vrana. Well, that's what I thought. He's 1.7 right now, and he is cleared of waivers. You could make a deal and get him. What do you give up? That's the key, right? Because you've got to get money off R-U-N-O-F-T, the, the cap. So did you say he was 1.7? Is that what you said, young man? Well, it was 2.6 retained by Detroit. So, right? yeah. So they would have to trade with one point seven or more yes, to make it. That happen. was what it. Yes, that was what we okay. came down to. So that would be Ryan McLeod. I don't think that'll happen. Um, Brett Kulak. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, that's pretty much it. So maybe that's it. Lavoie is a one-trick pony. He needs to up his D game. Actually. And argue that again. He's really improved that area of his game. He's a bull in a china shop there. Now, when you come to the National Hockey League, you also have to bring that too. And and I I, I don't like black and argar, black and white arguments because they don't they don't move the ball forward. And I think we can we're all smart. We can we can make allowances and we can ponder and mull and not go for the jugular every damn time. I'm talking to you. U of A graduates. You don't have to do that. You can say, we can, I can make this as a statement of fact, and you could agree with me. I don't think you will, but you could agree with me. Raphael Lavoie is an outstanding AHL scorer and an outstanding junior scorer and has a really great shot and is a volume shooter. He has not succeeded at the NHL level in his first audition. That often happens to players, whether they're goaltenders, defensemen, or forwards, and then they get another opportunity and maybe even a third, and it finally clicks. You could agree with that. I don't think you will, because we live in a black and white world, and everybody's wrong, and every, every time I say something like this, I get three or four people say, 
are the orders putting you up to this? The orders haven't put me up to anything. They're not, they're not intimidating me. They don't. It is not that kind of relationship. It isn't. I talk to people sometimes in the PR department. They've all been first class to me all down the line. Whenever I've interviewed Ken Holland or Connor McDavid or Sam Gagne or any of those guys, they're all first class. They're really good people. There's nothing about the Edmonton Oilers to be afraid of if you're in the media. And, you know, that's a fact. So I, I, I spout off when I think that I, it's the correct thing to do. Having said that, I think it's okay to say that Raphael Lavoie hasn't made it yet, but has a real chance because what he does, i.e. score goals, has extreme value, and it's the hardest thing to do in the National Hockey League. I think that is a statement of fact that it stands on its own. But... There's a lot of people out there who are convinced, of, like conspiracy theories have taken over the world, which is too bad. But that is a fact. It's too bad. That'll be my next declinations, top five conspiracy theories oh, that took God. over the world. Well, just just keep it to sports because I do not <laughs> want to get too far down the, the, the rabbit hole. Is it Taylor Swift's birthday today? Oh, I, I don't know. Is it? Happy I don't birthday know. I too, or if so. keep seeing oh, Taylor Swift and Kelsey going to a hot dog joint in Chicago. I don't know. I think they can probably aim higher based on their, their combined income, but none of my business. We should do like a news segment. Like pop culture news? Well, world no. News? I mean, I'm talking like, you know, we could, get, we could do this. We could say... Um, uh, today on the show, we'll be talking about the Edmonton Oilers. We'll have Bruce McCurdy by to talk about last night's game. And we'll also talk about Hunter Biden between one thirty and 2. Yeah, we could share <laughs> your show if that's what you want. Let's <laughs> I'm do just, it. I think we'd bring in a new set of people. You know? Like, oh, my God. What? Well, so you're saying we get, like, guests for this. Like, we're, we're ringing up Anderson Cooper, and we're getting him to come oh in and talk God. about it. I want to get him and, is it Kathy Griffin? Is that her name? Yeah. That when is they would do person. the New Year's thing? Oh, my God. It was so funny because he's like a straight-laced guy, and he doesn't like to have any. He's very conformist, very straight, narrow. This is, we are going to do this properly now. I'm standing in a puddle of water in the middle of Alabama, and it's horrible, but I'm not going to grin or smile or grimace or say anything aside from the news. That's Anderson Cooper. And then on the other side... It's Kathy Griffin. And she is trying to poke holes in him. She's trying to be inappropriate. She's trying to get him to do something silly. She's trying to get him to drink alcohol. And then Don Lemon is driving around Atlanta having a great time. Those were the best days of CNN. I don't know why they stopped it. When they got rid of her for New Year's Eve, it just went downhill. Did you ever see them on New Year's Eve? I think maybe when I was young, oh, maybe, so but good. I could be wrong. You know, I, I think that she is going, going to be remembered as one of the truly great comedians of this time, and she's, she's misunderstood for lots of reasons, and maybe some of that she has brought on herself. But if you watch the Anderson Cooper stuff that she did on CNN for New Year's, it's some of the funniest television I've ever seen in my life, and that includes Lucille Ball, Mary Tyler Moore, um... Uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus in all of the shows that she's done. Bay Arthur on the Golden Girls. Oh, my God, so good. Did you ever see Maude? No. Oh, she was so funny in Maude. Wasn't Robin Williams in that? I'm not sure. Maybe maybe he wasn't. I might be wrong. Mork and Mindy there. he was in. And he was That's in what Happy I was, Days. I was thinking of Mork and Mindy. He was in Happy Days, too, but I don't remember if he was. But he's, 
God will get you for that, Arthur. She was so funny. Her daughter in that show, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, on the way, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. We're going to talk about last night's win against Chicago, the 11-3-0 record, the calm feet on the defense, and Connor McDavid, otherworldly. I'm going to ask, I'm going to make an ask, a request of McCurdy, and I'm going to give him a week to do it, and we'll see what he comes up with. All right. I enjoyed this hour. I'm looking forward to the next one, too. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, five games in the NHL tonight. It all gets going with the Penguins and Canadians at 5. Bruins and Devils at 5.30. Ducks and Islanders also at 5.30. Then the late game, Sabres in Colorado to take on the Avalanche. And the Jets in L.A. to take on the Kings. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has reached a tentative agreement with the parent company of the NBA's Washington Wizards and the NHL's Washington Capitals to move those teams from the District of Columbia to what he called a new, quote, visionary sports and entertainment venue in Northern Virginia. In case you missed it, the St. Louis Blues have fired coach Craig Berube. Drew Bannister, coach of the Springfield Thunderbirds, St. Louis's LAHL affiliate, was named team's interim head coach by president of Hockey Ops, Doug Armstrong. The Winnipeg Jets have placed forward Kyle Connor on IR today with the winger expected to miss at least the next several weeks. And the St. Louis Blues winger, Jacob Vrana, has officially cleared waivers. Big night in the NBA with nine games in action. It all gets going with the 76ers and Pistons and the Pelicans and Wizards both at 5. Then at 5.30, it's the Toronto Raptors at home against the Hawks. And finally, just one game tonight in the AJHL. It is the Sherwood Park Crusaders at home against the Bonneville Pontiacs. Puck drop for that one at 7. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. Hour 2's up next. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.